Amen. Amen. Let me just take a moment and pray, Father. We thank you for your presence here and now. Your word promises where two or more are gathered in your name. And we are gathered in the name of Jesus here. Lord, you are here. You are here in our midst. And so, Lord, we just thank you. Whatever, regardless of happened this past week, whatever transpired, Lord, we just align our hearts. We thank you for your cleansing power that is to wash us over our minds and our hearts. And I just pray that right now, Lord, that um, any demonic oppression in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. I don't come at you in the arm of the flesh. I come through the mighty name of Jesus. And I command every oppression right now that would cause the people of God to not understand and not comprehend or to resist anything, that is the work of the enemy. And so we just renounce you right now and we just release freedom. And Lord, that there, your people would just be uplifted today. And Lord, that there'd be a, a sense, uh, just a buoyancy in their spirit, Lord, as we enter in this season of seeking you uh, with our whole heart and soul and mind. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 I'm just uh, going to share some things here. It's more in a practical sense of what I want to talk to you about. Uh, and I don't want to assume anything uh, when it comes to when we pray or when we <clears throat> fast. <clears throat> but I kind of titled this, I heard this, I thought this was a catchy thing. We're worried about everything, but we're not praying about anything. Come on, somebody. Isn't that right? We're, so, we're just so concerned. And my text for this is Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> the scripture says, I read the whole verses, verse 6 and 7, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Mm. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Anybody need God's peace around here? Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And I thought about this, don't be worried, or some translations say don't be anxious. Uh, it means uh, to feel uneasy, uh, just a definition, uh, to be concerned about something, or to be troubled, or to brood. Uh, actually, one definition, definition means to torment oneself with. <laughs> a lot of people are tormented, uh, suffering from disturbing thoughts, uh, to fret. The Bible says don't, don't worry about anything. Don't, don't be fretting. And actually, in the Greek, it means <clears throat> to care for. Actually, that word in its context in, in the Greek means to care for, uh, to go to pieces, actually, it means in one sense. Uh, in other words, to pull apart in different directions or to be divided. It's a lot of people that are divided. In other words, divided and unsure about moving forward in this or that, or even in their walk of faith. And the Lord's saying, don't, don't be divided about everything, but pray. Pray about. Pray about it. And so when I ask the question about prayer, one, what comes to mind, or, or even fasting, which we're going to talk about today briefly. And for some people, it seems like, well, that's for holy people. You know, that, yeah, that's for the, whole, the holy people do that, you know. Not me, but the holy, the holy people, the people that preach or teach or people on the stage. You know, that's, for, that's not for me. No, fasting is for every individual in prayer. And Jesus talks about that. We'll get into it, that you could decide to do that or not. And so for some, though, they feel, well, this is some kind of a mystical experience, and I don't know about all that. And, 
<clears throat> and uh, for some people, it's like, well, it's just a boring duty, and there's not really much payoff, and I just, you know, why suffer through all that, and, you know, why pray? Lord willing, we'll talk about that next week, and, and so I just want to demystify the concept of prayer and today fasting, and just share in practical terms what uh, prayer or today fasting looks like in, in our lives, and and really, <clears throat> the enemy wants to make that a big thing in your life. That's the big issue to tackle, a big thing, but really, it's very simple. Prayer and fast, it's just, a, it's simple. It's just a lot of times it, it involves our will deciding. Uh, but there's something we have to contend with, and we'll get in that in a moment, and that's called our flesh. <laughs> but a couple of verses here, Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, just from my Old Testament, there's numerous verses, but it talks about on the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together fasting. And then it says they separated themselves, and they confessed their sins, and they read from the book of the law, and they worshiped the Lord. And can you see that? The word, the worship, repentance, separation. And so that's a lot what biblical fasting entails. It's, it's focusing our heart on the Lord and seeking Him wholeheartedly. How many see that say amen? That's so, we're, we're talking about that. I read this morning in Matthew 9, 15. It was actually John the Baptist's disciples. They asked uh, Jesus, and they said, hey, listen, the Pharisees and the Sadducees fast, but your disciples don't. And so they really were inquiring, like, how come they don't? And Jesus said, uh, the disciples are not fasting because I'm with them right now, physically present. But he said this, he said, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and they shall fast. You know, we're, we're, we're pondering and we pray and we seek and, and we hope for it as, as the return of Christ. Amen? And you know what? In that day, in heaven, we're not going to have to fast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how many have ever taken a cruise ship? I'm a little reluctant about it. I don't want to be out there. But if you've ever been on a cruise ship, I hear that there's food 24-7. And, and so, and, you know, people, they gouge themselves, and they are on these ships, and, and then there's the rocking, and I don't know how all that works out, but it's a little, you know, 24-7, oh, you know, there's food available, food available. And I think about heaven, I just think heaven's going to be like that. <laughs> you know, you're not going to worry about anything. It's like, can I have another order of a, the, the thing you couldn't afford here at a, on earth, you know, the prime rib of the $80 steak, you know, the, sure, you want another one? You know, it's just going to be, God is just going to his presence because we'll be there with him. I know I'm being a little facetious, but I think heaven's going to be awesome. But we're here on earth, and God wants us to prevail. And so it's okay at times to have our head in the sky, but we have to understand that we are in a real battle down here, in a real warfare. And so in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, just a New Testament verse, uh, Matthew 6, 16 and 18, uh, thank you. Jesus said, when you fast, somebody shall win. So win is a choice that you make. I can call a, a, a corporate fast. And, and uh, nobody participated in it but me or my wife. But, 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 but when you fast, and so there's, we see some truths here that God is enlightening that, that we have a choice in it. And it says, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly I, t truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that you not be obvious to others that you are fasting. <clears throat> so in other words, you don't show up like you rolled out of bed. Come on, with bed here. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Like, 
okay, yeah, you know, just get cleaned up, you know, is what he's saying. <clears throat> and he goes on to say, uh, <clears throat> so it won't be obvious to others fasting, but only to your father who is unseen, and watch this, he says, and your father who sees what is done in secret. Your heavenly father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. There's an open reward. If we have time, we'll get into that here this morning. And, and, and then he also talks about another thing. He talks about this promise that applies to your giving. There's an open reward for giving. He says also for uh, praying. There's an open reward for praying. So God is a rewarder. Don't feel like, you know what, I've just been sacrificing. I feel like I've been laying my life. I've been just going through a lot. And come on, God, God is a rewarder. Amen. He is a rewarder. You can trust him in that. And so if you get anything of what I say here today, get this. The goal of fasting is to draw near to God. That, sum, sum it up. You can write that down. It's like, that's what he talked about today. The goal of fasting is to draw near to God. Let me just kind of break this down a little bit. Fasting hits the reset button of our soul. Fasting renews us from the inside out. Fasting, if I could say it this way, enables us to celebrate the goodness and the mercy of God when we begin to experience his presence afresh and anew. It prepares our hearts for all the good things that God desires to bring into our lives. You know, what better time to fast than at the beginning of the, the year? This is in January here, the beginning of a new year. And so when you decide on a fast, I just want to encourage you to seek God, pray, and follow what the Holy Spirit leads you to do personally. I just want to stress that. Personally, what is he what is he asking of you? And I have this down about the timing. The timing of your fast is not as important as the strength of your focus on God during the fast. So once again, corporate fasting is biblical. Some of you remember the story in the Old Testament of Queen Esther. She had to go before the king, and she just, just didn't want to show up because she could have been killed. So she called you know, uh, a fast. She said, please, pray and fast for me. I could die. I'm going to go before the king. And mercy was there, and we see what happened. And so we encourage corporate fasting at Harvest. And I, I just like to do as a church three days each year, uh, especially in the month of January or maybe February. depends on uh, how it works out. And you can fast at any other time throughout the year for your own spiritual development. <clears throat> and we'll get into some practicals of what types of fast there are. And some people, it's just a meal, a whole day, three days or more. But you need to just decide in your heart. It's something you decide. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and it, I think it's something you decide before you go into it. I don't think you just go into it and go like, well, we'll just see. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, whatever it is. Just, you got to decide. Decide beforehand. Whatever that is, decide beforehand. How many see that? Say amen. But once again, it's between you and the Holy Spirit, and the goal is to draw near to God. Now, understandably, women who are pregnant, I mean, they shouldn't fast. Um, they can fast certain things if they choose to, <clears throat> or maybe people who have health problems, you know, obviously consult doctors before fasting, especially from food. But let me just practically, practically, pr excuse me, practically just go through some practical things for you on the types of fast. Well, there is what they call a selective fast. And this type of fast involves removing certain elements from your diet. Uh, 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 an example of that could be in the Old Testament, it talks about the Daniel fast. He fasted for 21 days, um, and then uh, uh, actually before he 
uh, him with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, there was a 14-day fast during which they removed certain, there was meats, uh, sweets they removed from their diet, bread, uh, they consumed water, juice, and fluids, and, and, and there was uh, a lot of vegetables, and, and there was a result of that in the scripture. So that is like what you call a selective fast. And then there is what they call a partial fast. Partial fast is something uh, sometimes called, excuse me, the Jewish fast, they say. It involves abstaining from eating any type of food in the morning, in the afternoon. So it may be something from, say, I'm going to fast from 6 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, and, and I'm just going to uh, consecrate that time, uh, breakfast and lunch, and, and, uh, or whatever times of the day, sun up, sun da- sundown. You know, the Muslims fast 30 days a year, devout ones. Ramadan. And I worked for uh, a, a very devout Muslim couple. Uh, my wife and I, we were in Texas, Sadru and Ziba. And they were pretty aggressive. And she would get up four in the morning to go to the mosque to pray to Allah. And they were very devout. But the Lord allowed us, while well, we worked there as believers, to, to be involved in their life and to have an impact. And, and when we still drive by a Kobe Steakhouse, a uh, very uh, high-end steakhouse in, in the Dallas, North Dallas area. Uh, when we were down there, we drove by it. We said, yes, that's where Sadru and, and Ziba, they took us to that, and they wanted to get to know us. And, you know, we, I guess you sit on the ground. They chopped the steak, and, I mean, it was a high-end deal, and they, they just they loved on us, and that we began to share our faith. By the time we left there, after a couple of years of working with them, I was able to give her a Bible, which is unheard of, for her to read, and shared our faith with both of them. And um, so I just thought, wow, what a, well, I was humbled by that. But, but they would fast, and it would be a time where they'd walk through, and I can remember Zadru just kind of going from his front office to the back, and he'd go into the bathroom, and, you know, he's just like waiting till sundown, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, 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 you know, it, it, they, they would discipline in the natural themselves to do that. And that's, that's uh, pretty amazing. But we serve a God that is the God of miracles. Amen? And I, you know, so we have a God that can, can help us and intervene. So we have a partial fast. And then I would just say, for some, it's a complete fast. This is kind of what I grew up on for some reason. I don't know why. Just uh, this type of fast, you drink only liquids and sometimes just water. Uh, or maybe some juices as a, as an option, and so. Uh, but that's very hard on your body, and that's why we just only do three days. And we encourage if those who decide to do that. Um, there are times that I've gone longer and and uh, got lightheaded, and you know all the poisons are leaving your body. Come on, somebody! And uh, so just you know you got to pray about what uh, the Lord wants you to do. But this is a big one here. And I think this, uh, most uh, people can, can at least relate to this, is a soul fast. And it's a great option if you don't have much experience fasting food, or maybe there's health issues that prevent you from fasting food, or if you want to refocus certain areas of your life that maybe are out of balance, and you want to, to bring some balance in your life. Um, for some of you might stop using social media. Right there, some of you could think, I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock just to mention that. Well, you'd be amazed because you say, well, I don't, I don't really do a lot on social media. All you have to do is scroll through your phone, and they don't have 
time on social media tell you how much time you're on it. I spent 18 hours this past week. Yeah, you did. Uh, so social media, another one, maybe watching television uh, for the duration of fast. You say, you know, I'm shutting all that off. And uh, they know after that, you carefully bring maybe those elements back into your life in healthy doses uh, at the conclusion of the fast. And, and there are rewards. Uh, there are rewards for fasting. I'll touch on a few of them here in a moment. But when my flesh thinks of fasting, it kind of like grabs my shirt collar and and it, it, and it runs the other way. It's like it doesn't want to, it's uncomfortable to be hungry or deny yourself in whatever capacity. And some of you just think, well, that's no big deal. I can do that. Begin to do it and watch how strong your flesh is. Some of you be crawling the walls, you know. Think, what's inside of me? <laughs> Feel like you have an alien inside of you. Well, that's just called the flesh, that alien to flesh. And it's very powerful. Because we're used to just continually to just feed it and feed it. And it's like, as long as you take care of me, I'm not going to disrupt anything here. But you start focusing on, you know, wow, and things become unhinged, it seems. So let me just say this, that fasting is a powerful spiritual tool, and it can change your life. All right? It can change your life. And now we're not talking about works and trying to bend God's arm, but, and I'll try to bring some clarity to that in a moment. But there are times for us all when, you know, the day-to-day -day business of life and there's constant demands on our bodies and that seems to get in, in our way and, and it, we, it's hard for us to hear me just hear from God and us to effectively operate in the realm of the Spirit. And what is God saying? And, and sometimes the stream of His power is reduced to a little trickle in our life. Amen. Amen. And there are times, though, if we just simply press into God and we dig into the Word of God and we pray and we just kind of, you know, begin to redig and open up the flow and, 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 and that just kind of fixes all that. But, but, but sometimes we need something more. Something more. A time dedicated wholly to Him. And that's where I believe Fasting can have a tremendous impact on our lives. The Bible tells us of many powerful times of spiritual fasting. Moses fasted while preparing to receive the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 9. Elijah fasted when he was in physical danger from Jezebel in 1 Kings 19. Queen Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews in Esther 4, 15. Daniel, the Bible says, fasted when he needed revelation or he needed an answer to prayer. So he fasted, and there's a specific fast on that. And then we see that Jesus fasted before embarking on his earthly ministry at Matthew chapter 4. So the question is, is when should you fast? When should you fast is a common uh, uh, question that is asked. Uh, Isaiah chapter 58 is an amazing chapter, and I want to encourage all of you to read Isaiah 58 at least once these next three days. Is that too much to put on the church body? I know you may have your regular Bible reading and, and, you know, or some of you, your Bible, you start opening it and the gold on the pages starts popping because they've never been turned. That's okay. Let that pop and read Isaiah in the Old Testament. And it talks about the type of fast that God uh, gives some reasons. And while he was uh, uh, actually correcting the children of Israel uh, for their lack of passion, and they used it as just a religious ritual, and God judged that and said, no, this is the type of fast I'm looking for. And so some reasons for fasting 
Uh, and maybe you're able to see that, hopefully bigger, yes. But this is a little bit, that's kind of, there's more listed. But these are some things possibly, I'm just going to read through these that maybe you're thinking, you know what, this is going on in my life. Perhaps maybe you take a step and believe God and step out and fast. Seeking the direction of the Lord. Does anyone need the direction of God this year? in something. Or you haven't received maybe an answer to prayer, and you've been praying, kind of wondering, what's going on here? Is there any blockage or, you know, uh, for deliverance, breaking the yoke of bondage. Hmm. Uh, On behalf of a friend who's under maybe a heavy burden, and so you pray and fast and you seek, and for someone that just needs a breakthrough in their life, to receive insight into a situation for deliverance, and this is just, just a little bit. Uh, of, of some of the, from the reasons that we can, we can fast. Ultimately, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit before we enter into a fast once again. And I want to say this, you should have a purpose. You should have a purpose for it. It may be very simple. Lord, I just want to draw near to you. I, I got so many things going on, and Lord, I just, I just need the ballast cleared in the clutter, and I just need an open heaven. I just want to hear from you. Go into it with, a, with that purpose in mind. And if you feel the Spirit of God is pressing you to do it in whatever capacity, then do it. Then do it. Well, I don't know if I can. When the Holy Spirit leads you, you'll be able to. You'll be able to. Once again, many rewards for fasting. But usually they are private rewards. And this is what the thing that is so powerful. Uh, churches can call things, and churches can do things corporately. But this this trickulates down or flows down to every single person. Did you hear that? Every man that is in here, every woman, every child, every grandpa, grandma, whatever, every single one of you can experience something personally as you take a step. Even for just, you know, the religious people or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, we want to keep our heart right in all of it. Uh, Matthew 6 Jesus says, and your father who sees you in secret, he sees everything, he will reward you openly. And so I talk about that and we'll see how far we get here about some of the rewards and really, it's not really a pat on the back that God is saying, good, you know, you, you're the rewards of fasting and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you didn't eat and, and you were in agony. No, <clears throat> uh, I believe it's something that a reward when you're seeking, you establish it first by faith. Proclaim it before you enter the fast, and then expect to receive it. You've got to have an expectant heart to receive it, and uh, what God sees in secret, he's going to uh, openly reward you in that. So very quickly, practically speaking once again, some practical things about fasting, and I think this is one of the biggest things, as I put as number one, fasting subdues the flesh. If you never fasted and you begin to, whatever it may be, even just a meal, you're going to see how powerful your flesh is. And you're going to go, Pastor Mike was right. <clears throat> because, you know, we're used to having that coffee at a certain time. Come on, somebody. Grabbing that Danish at a certain, mm, you know, stopping over here, picking up our little whatever heated up, getting our nice mocha, whatever. Am I speaking to anybody? And if you just make a decision, sometimes it's even to cut coffee or whatever, something, desserts or whatever, you'd be amazed, like, wow, why am I thinking about that? <laughs> you made a decision. <clears throat> but it subdues the flesh. Matthew 26, 41, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And sometimes our natural circumstance can dominate our thoughts, and 
<clears throat> you know, those, those things that are up in our face, the details we can't seem to get past. And so, so example, you, you, you want to operate in faith, or you want to stand on the Word of God, and, and sometimes the facts are just blaring in, in your face, and, and uh, somehow the truth of God's Word, at times it seems like it's taken uh, the back seat, or maybe your marriage is in trouble, or <clears throat> maybe there's, there's an addiction to overcome, or I don't know, whatever it is, uh, you need to get God back in the driver's seat. Amen? Well, you have to clear away the flesh. You just you have to clear away the flesh. See, here's the thing. If we let it, our flesh will hijack our spiritual life. Let's say that again. Your flesh, my flesh, will hijack your spiritual life. Let that set in. Say la. Pause and think about that. Our flesh will dominate our thinking and ultimately determine our outcome unless we stop it. And you can do that. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. (laughs) That's a promise. And so, uh, once again, sometimes increasing your prayer time or doubling up on the Word of God can take care of that. Uh, But if you need to hear divine direction from the Lord, fasting will subdue your flesh. And it opens, if I can say it this way, your spiritual ears to receive it. Some of you remember for a couple months I talked about spirit soul power, and I had the three boxes here. And, and uh, the one about the spirit man, how after the fall, the spirit became uh, subservient to the soul in the flesh. And that's how mankind lives. But when you fast, you elevate the spirit of man inside you or woman and you say that, that's born again. And you say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I need to hear clearly. I need direction. And get all this other clutter out of the way. And you'll be amazed how that begins to open up and you begin to see things you've never saw before. And, and answers, and you're like, he was right there all along. How many of you know God is speaking constantly? Yeah. Right? So if I just took a little radio, one of those battery-operated things, and, real, you know, and I turned it on here, and I tried to adjust the channel, how many know I'll find a radio wave? And I'll turn it like, oh, KXRA, or whatever, we're picking up something here, you know, or some country station or whatever, you know. We'll pick it up, but you can't see it. God is speaking constantly. But sometimes our body and our flesh we're not able to hear. We're not able to hear. We're not dialed in. We're not tuned in. How many with me say amen? <laughs> and so if you feel stuck in the same place and, <clears throat> and you need that breakthrough, biblical fasting, I believe, can pave a way for you to hear what God has been saying to you all along. All along. And uh, sometimes you find it amazing. Like, it's like, wow, you know, actually... I wrote that down six, eight months ago, or someone told me that, but you just didn't act on it or whatever, and breakthrough happened. So whatever the purpose, fasting isn't just about abstaining from food. So I want to say this. Fasting is the act of separating ourselves exclusively to the Lord. It is the deliberate pushing of everything aside, whatever that is, whatever you feel you need to do, Subduing the flesh and giving him your full attention. How many understand that right there? Pretty simple. And what does that do? It allows your spirit, man or woman, to dominate. That's what we want. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons, the daughters of God. And your spiritual ears will be wide open. Somebody say amen. You know, uh, back in South Africa, Andrew Murray, some of you maybe have written some uh, some of his books that he has written and you have uh, read them. <clears throat> he was a 
South African writer, teacher, and Christian pastor. And I like this. He said he considered uh, missions work to be the chief end of the church. I thought that's powerful. <clears throat> that's why we're named Harvest, for the harvest. But he explains fasting this way. He says prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal. Fasting helps express, deepen, confirm the resolution they are, we are, excuse me, that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. Interesting. So we see throughout the Bible instances where people uh, needed to fast to gain spiritual insight in their walk. And here's the thing. It wasn't that God, once again, wasn't talking. It's that, watch this, the circumstances had become louder than his still small voice. Did you get that? And so many of you, your circumstances are louder than God's whisper. And he's speaking, but you can't hear. <laughs> you can't hear. Amen? I'm going to move on. And so um, <clears throat> I think of when Daniel fasted. He fasted from all the luxurious foods offered to him by the king. But at the end, it says that it's physically when the, the, the magistrates looked at him, his countenance was changed. There was something, there was a heightened spiritual insight. And I went, these guys are brilliant. There's something about them as they sought the Lord. Before, once again, Jesus embarked on his earthly ministry. He went on a, a supernatural 40-day fast and subdued his flesh. And um, <clears throat> he was strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit with him. And uh, so, so there are many examples Here's the thing, when you get in an atmosphere and you make a decision, especially when a church calls a corporate fast, I really believe God looks upon that. And I really believe his eyes are focused on this place these next few days like never before. For people, the people of God, to orchestrate their life, to align their hearts, to seek him in whatever capacity, but seek him more than normal times, that is impactful. I really believe that. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you say, well, I've fasted before and other things, and I didn't feel I had to break through, begin again. <laughs> just begin again. Watch and see. You don't know what, you know, the Lord is going to do if you just take the step of faith and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And so once again, fasting shuts down the influence of the body so the spirit can dominate. And so that's it. We want to stay in the word these next few days and, and in prayer and in worship, okay, in worship. And so we don't want to be flesh-ruled. Can I get an amen? So that, I think the big thing is the flesh. Another thing, fasting brings revelation. Amen. Revelation. Isaiah 58 says, Then when you have fasted, we talk about the true fast, your light will break out like the dawn, and you will be healed quickly. Wow. When you fast, he says, your light, in other words, your revelation will break through. Well, what is the light of God? The teaching of your word gives light, Psalm 119 says. So the, the light of the word of God is going to break through, and you're going to begin to understand and maybe read things you've read a thousand times before, and revelation can come. Direction can come. A word for this year that God says, this is what I want to do in your life. You were thinking this, but I have this, and this is what I'm going to do. Somebody say Amen. So when you fast, you begin to receive things from the light of his word. Why? Because fasting brings revelation. And God will give you that revelation. He'll give you new insight and understanding. And, and it'll strengthen your faith 
as you receive from him. Can you say amen? Um, <clears throat> fasting helps you to tune into the spirit realm. In a sense, I could say that fasting, spiritual fasting, it subdues the influences of the, your five physical senses, uh, hearing and touch, taste. And uh, <clears throat> how many know that your healing, your deliverance, your victory, your word, your strength, your faith, your power, that's all in the spirit realm. <laughs> what you need is in the realm of the spirit. And God wants you to receive that. So we have to align our hearts and our minds and our physical bodies to be able to tune in to hear and to receive what the Lord has for us. Can you say amen? And so when you fast, you're preparing your spirit to receive revelation for what God has in the spirit realm to transfer, that you, transfer to you that you can receive that. Once again, fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. Okay? You're not trying to bend his arm. We're not on some religious treadmill trying to make God do something. Uh, I tried that before. That doesn't work. You can't make God do anything. But he responds to his word. Do you hear that? He, he, he responds to his word. And so when you fast, expect to hear from God. And, uh, um, you know, God, God wants us to enjoy life. Amen. But he wants to be first place in our life. Why? Because he just needs to be? No, yes, he's our creator. He created us. He's God. And as we put him first place in our life, uh, that's how we're going to enjoy life to the fullest when he is. Um, you know, how many of you ever, you know, you get these, all this software on your computer, and then they run these programs of kind of scanning your computer, but how many have like the little trash bin on your desktop? You know what I mean? And it's, so what happens is you say, I delete that, and I throw it in the trash bin. Well, how many know the trash bin can get full? Some of you need the trash bin deleted. <laughs> it's like you forget. It's all this stuff, and it's slowing you down. Come on, somebody. And what happens when you delete it? Typically, on my computer, I hear this. But some of you, it's like deleting, deleting, deleting. You've got a lot of stuff in it that needs to go. Amen? Fasting helps a lot. That helps you just delete that, that it's a reset. And then uh, finally, I would say fasting, uh, which is very powerful, leads to deliverance. Deliverance. Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bands, the chains of wickedness, to break apart every enslaving yoke? You know, the thing about enslavement, there are times you can walk free and then you can kind of drift and get back into bondage. Am I speaking to anybody? And so just because you had a breakthrough back then, God wants us to continue to walk free. And so I believe uh, fasting, uh, when it's a routine part in our life, uh, leads to deliverance in our life. And sometimes uh, that, that breakthrough or you know, needing that deliverance, um, sometimes it's a situation of unbelief or it's a lack of knowledge about something. And <clears throat> I think of the story about Jesus' disciples first when he had given them power to cast out the devils, it says in Luke chapter 10. And they began to cast out devils, and they were really excited. Some of you remember the, the story. But it says in Mark 9, 28, it says we find them stumped because there was a situation. They tried to drive out, watches a certain demon out of a young boy, and they couldn't. And they were perplexed. And they were what's going on? And then in Mark 9, 29, Jesus said that, they came and talked to him and said, why couldn't he? And he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Interesting. Now watch, a couple other translations say it this way. This kind of spirit can, 
can only be forced out only by prayer and fasting. I've spent some time in deliverance as a teenager. My mom and dad had a church, and uh, it was pretty radical with deliverance. There was a lot with deliverance going on. And their dad had a red carpet, and they had red paneling walls. How many know what paneling is? Okay. <laughs> and so, can simulate the blood of Jesus. And they were really strong in deliverance. Now, I may get a little edgy here for some of you, but they would sit down, and they would cast the devil out of people. Some of you go, what is he talking about? You know, we're coming into a time in America that people are demon-possessed. They are controlled by demons, and then when they're out from under it, they go, I don't know why I did that. Why did you shoot up at McDonald's? Or why did you, someone came over me. It's demons, okay? And people need to be set free from the devil, amen? And so I'm not trying to hit a spook you, whatever. We have power over the evil one, all right? Greater is he that is in us. And, but, but another verse says it's this way, an evil spirit of this kind can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. And some manuscripts admit fasting, but it's in others. So some may only say prayer. Well, I'm not going to just say, well, fasting is not part of that because it's not in all of the translations or manuscripts. You know what? It's in some, so I'm going to take it that it means both. I'm just going to put that part of my life. <clears throat> and so uh, let me just say this. Fasting in this instance wouldn't have changed God or his will concerning the boy, but it would have changed the disciples. Now watch this. Jesus had already directed disciples to cast demons out. He, that was his will, right? That was his will. But that demon was stubborn. And, and here's the thing. I hear this too, especially with the word of faith, that when Jesus walked around, demons just flew around everywhere. They scattered. They didn't want to be everywhere Jesus walked. The devil was there. Did you get that? Everywhere he walked, showed up. He's preaching. They're wondering, what's going on? Why is the Son of God here? Everywhere. Someone started manifesting. Someone started, you know, roaring and whatever. It was like the enemy was constantly around. Okay? And, and so, and, and there are many instances where we had people to be set free. It was a struggle. It was a battle. It isn't that the name of Jesus isn't powerful, but they resist. They argue. They argued with Jesus. Remember the Gadarenes? When the, the, the man that was possessed of the devils, the Bible says that, that they came and they said, oh, why, Jesus, are you coming to torment us before our time? Uh, you know, send us into the pigs. They began to debate with God. And Jesus said, go. They went to the pigs. The pigs had enough sense to run down the cliff and dive into the ocean and drown themselves. But it was 2,000 of them. There's a lot of money over the cliff. What am I trying to say? That you got to understand they're stubborn. It, it, they, 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 they must submit to the name of Jesus, but they resist. They, it says, what happens when a spirit is cast out? It says it, it leaves the body. Is this all right for all of you? Are you okay? Some of you are like, oh my God. You, know, you need to hear some of this stuff. So, so, and that spirit leaves, and it says it walks around in dry places. Some of you, I think the hair in the back of your head is standing up right now. But it leaves, and then it says, you know what? I'm going to go back to the home where I was at and take seven other spirits with. And that state is worse off. And so that's not to put fear in our life. But what I'm trying to say that demons are real. It's real. It's real stuff out there. It's not just emotionally in your mind. A lot of this mental illness, and, and there is a huge, massive issue in our country with all these drugs and people on the streets and, and, and mental health issues, but the enemy is a large part behind that. 
He really is. <laughs> he really is. So uh, I just think you have one without the other. The, the enemy is involved. So the point is, is that, that this, this spirit was resistant, and uh, Jesus talked about, you know, prayer and fasting and uh, being strong in the spirit, and I believe that they would have driven that out. Notice John 14, 12. Jesus said, I assuredly uh, tell you, most solemnly say it is true. Anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. Will also do the things that I do. Casting out spirits. Yeah, right? And even greater things than these. In extent, in outreach, because I am going to my Father. So, if you were born again and you sense your, you know, the, there's something that needs to be just broken in your life. And over these next few, few days, as a woman, I would encourage you to connect to some of the intercessors here. Come on Monday night, Tuesday night, and come Wednesday. Come, and that we can anoint you with oil. Come, you say, like, I don't even know where to begin. Here's how you begin. Make time for God. Stand with me if you would, please. <clears throat> it's not the fasting that brings deliverance. But spiritual fasting leads to deliverance. Fasting simply brings the spirit man or woman, which is in union with the Holy Spirit, into a dominance over the flesh or ascendancy. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 58, I have it printed out here, and I'll probably read parts of it over these next few days. Before we pray right here, this, this is something I, I, I want to do. I want to say, if I can get this last slide up here. Thank you. You need to be operating in the love of God to see the results of a fast. I know that sounds simple, but it's very actually quite deep. Because the enemy knows, um, there's, it, it, we see throughout Scripture how the religious leaders, they did things for show and I mean, there are times even, and I got involved in fast, and everyone's talking about, uh, what are you doing, whatever. Well, I did this, or that. You already lost the battle. You just, that's not the spirit. Spirit is between you and God. And here's the thing, I am, I am, I am, I am 200% on this. Not 100, I am 200%. If every single one in here walks away with, Lord, what do you want me to do these next three days? God is going to move. God is going to move in your life. 100%. 200. I'm sorry. 200%. Got to remember that. He will move. 